Welcome to the Viking Age Podcast, the official podcast of thevikingage.com. We do this every Monday and Thursday night at 6.15 p.m. Central Time right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. And if you miss it, we got you covered in podcast form the next day on Apple and Spotify. But however you listen, make sure you're liking, subscribing, giving us a good review because we never want you to miss a new episode if I don't stumble over my words during the open. My name is Chris Shad. I am a contributor for the Viking Age as well as Zone Coverage and Bring Me the News. On your right is my co-host Adam Patrick, who is the managing editor of the Viking Age podcast. And we are just two weeks away from Vikings training camp. Adam, how do you feel now that we are almost there? Oh, uh, let's go. Like, finally. I mean, it's going to be like, I feel like this is going to be the week before Christmas where, you know, you just, it's the longest week of the year, it feels like. Um, but yeah, I think the Bills and the Raiders rookies checked in today for, for training camp. So teams are already already starting, checking in, you know, all the, all the NFL network people are back on location stuff. So it feels like stuff's getting back to the way we're used to. And uh, yeah, training camp will be underway. I think next week, I think the 28th or the 30th is going to be like the first full team practice. Um, and so, yeah, then we'll, we'll get to soon. We'll, we'll know, maybe have a better idea of what this team is going to look like next season. But uh, I'm sure after the first few practices, then we'll be like, all right, let's get to the preseason, and then it'll be like, okay, let's get to the regular season. So this is fun right now, but it'll quickly blow over until we get to the the, the season. But it is it's nice because it's like this kind of this is also a sign that like summer's almost over too because training camp is you know at the end of July every year and uh, yeah, so we're getting there. We're so close. We're so close. I think when you get older, you start to realize that it is the end of summer and you're like, no, I'm not ready for summer to end. <laughs> I haven't do, done anything this summer, so I'm totally okay with camp starting. I'm like, bring it on, man. I mean, I, I got didn't COVID. take a baseball trip. Yeah, you got COVID. I didn't take a <laughs> baseball trip. I have a cold right now um, or something. I don't even know what it is. Like you were talking about a couple of weeks ago about how you sounded like a grandma that smoked like five packs a day. Like if we had this podcast yesterday, I would have been screwed. You'd have been like, like Marge Simpson. Yeah. No, Her sisters or whatever. Uh, Thelma and yeah. Patty. Yeah. Those are the names. Yeah. That, that's basically I what I sounded like. It, it yeah. was, it was not fun, but since we are close to training camp, less than two weeks away, we thought we would start our training camp preview today even though there's a whole lot of news that dropped. So we'll get to all of it in the scope of everything. But today we will talk about the Viking offense. And on Thursday, we'll talk about the Vikings defense. Special teams, if you're into that sort of thing, we'll just kind of talk about it as we go because a lot of the special teams players are playing roles around uh, both sides of the ball. So we'll we'll just kind of talk to them as we go. But what would an offensive preview be without talking about Kirk freaking Cousins? You like the new nickname? <laughs> I I gotta tell you, I watched that clip so many times last week of you being like, "Frick this!" Uh, Frick! Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. Going the ball into the highway. Um. Yes, yes, yes. So of course, the background on Kirk. You all know the story. If you're here, Kirk Cousins has thrown for over four thousand yards and thirty touchdowns in three of his four seasons in Minnesota. Last season, he became the first Viking quarterback since Brett Favre to throw for 4,000 yards and 33 touchdowns within a season, also with less than seven interceptions. To the, fans, to the frustration of the fan base, though, 
checks down to CJ Ham. He refused to call timeouts to protections and uh, locks into his first read. But hey, what are you going to do? Um, so with all that in mind, some juicy stuff came out today from the mouth of Ben Lieber, who talked to CBS Sports and said, it's not like I'm breaking news here, but Mike Zimmer did not like Kirk Cousins. And it showed in the way that Kirk behaved in the way that he carried himself. The team was never given to him or he was never allowed to earn the trust of the team because the head coach, I think, just didn't like him. I listed kind of the goods and the bads of Kirk Cousins here in Minnesota. So is it a shock to you that Mike Zimmer did not like him? Or even if Ben Lieber did not say this quote, is it a shock that Mike Zimmer does not like Kirk Cousins? Because I am floored. I don't know about you, but. No, we've known about this. Um, but this is the first time, you know, maybe a, a Vikings team employee. I actually I don't even think he's a, an employee officially of the Vikings, but he works for he does stuff on the on on the radio broadcast and on the their website and videos and stuff like that. But I would go to say that I'm not so sure if Mike Zimmer uh, didn't like Kirk Cousins. I don't think he liked the idea of Kirk Cousins, and he he stated like the the idea of signing a quarterback who's you know not elite to a high amount of money, which is what the Vikings did in 2018. And it's something that Mike Zimmer was kind of pretty vocal about, like not wanting to do. Um, and the Vikings still went out and did it. And that was probably the beginning of the end of the any sort of relationship between him and Rick Spielman. We know how that ended. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think like Zimmer goes around like, oh, like Kirk Cousins, like he dresses like an idiot or like he can't grill or he sucks at golf. Like, I don't think he cares. Like what was that Cousins... in his PowerPoint? You think? Yeah. 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 He, I don't think he cares. Like he just didn't <laughs> like the idea that the Vikings were spending so much money on a quarterback who is not known for putting a team on his back. And, you know, that's not nothing against Kirk Cousins. It's, that's just the player he is. And, you know, it's good for him too to be able to make that money. But, when you make that money, you also have to, you have high expectations and Mike Zimmer obviously wasn't satisfied with, with what he was able to do. But yeah, I don't, I don't think he like necessarily didn't like Kirk Cousins, maybe at the end, maybe just like over his, you know, obviously with the vaccination stuff, he was over, over that with Kirk Cousins and, and disappointed. Um, but yeah, I think if you ask Mike Zimmer today, like, do you like Kirk Cousins? He'll be like, yeah, I, I don't have a problem like with the guy or, or the, he would probably say the kid because that's what he does. Uh, but yeah, I think he just didn't like the idea of the Vikings spending so much money on a quarterback and taking away from their ability to keep building that defense or add more pieces to the offensive line or anything like that. Um, so, yeah. Well, you and I like to talk in wrestling terms, right? I don't think. Mike Zimmer was going to challenge Kirk Cousins to a hell in a cell match, which because Cousins would never accept it's hell. Hell is maybe bad. Spielman. We all know. Maybe Spielman. I think Spiel Kirk and Zimmer would be better as like a celebrity boxing match. I think <laughs> that would be funny because like everybody would just want to see the old crotchety man throw hands and like Kirk like tried to get mean, but like he couldn't because I don't yeah. think there's a mean soul. In oh, Kirk's it's in body. there. It's in there. It's in there. He'll send it's him like, straight to it's hell. Like a, it's like a secret rage, I feel like. It's like, remember remember Eugene? Um, oh, yeah. In the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. People who people who know what we're talking about, like, are, are you calling Cousins Eugene? Uh, <laughs> like, I I don't know. Like, Kirk just seems like it, it, he's got to be a hard guy to hate. But I think in the scope yeah. of football, Mike Zimmer wanted to keep his defense because, like I said, the game plan was run the ball and play defense no matter what. And in his mind, he could probably get away with like Teddy Bridgewater on a cheaper contract, Kate Keenum on a cheaper contract, whoever that may be. I mean, he did. Uh, yeah, and he got all the way to the <laughs> NFC did. Championship game. So, like, Rick Spielman goes, but what if we had a good quarterback? And yeah. Mike Zimmer's like, no, run the ball and play great defense. He he yeah. never adapted. I think it's interesting that we sat through all of last season, and basically the relationship was defended the entire time. Yeah. No, I, Kirk's fine. And like you said, I don't think like it was a like they're gonna go fist fight in the back alley, although they came close right. during that Detroit game after they yeah. needed to come back to win. But yeah. I mean, look at all the things that were going on right before the season. Kirk Cousins finally goes to Mike Zimmer and goes, Can we like meet for film? Like to go over things. This is year four. And at that point, he only gave him 45 minutes. And like I've yeah. always joked, it's probably like you in a college class, like staring at the clock going, yeah. is the professor still going? Like that had to have been what it was like. And then you get further into the year where, you know, the timeout thing against Dallas, where it's like, I don't know, Mike, do you want me to call time? I don't know, Kirk, do you want to call time? I don't know, Mike, do you want me to call? I don't know, Kirk. Like, like that thing, it, it never was settled and it came to his head last season. They were able to manage it the first three years and get some sort of success out of it. But last year, everything just went to heck in a handbasket. And, you know, Mike Zimmer's no longer here because of it. So I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to throw media members under the bus who work for the Vikings technically or their sister state or whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it would... We were talking about this before the show. It would be very interesting to go back in time and see what some of the things that were said about Mike Zimmer were. Because a lot of people said, don't fire Mike Zimmer. Don't fire Mike Zimmer. Now, Kevin O'Connell here is Mike Zimmer's the worst coach in the history of the NFL. And that makes this season interesting. Get back on our topic about Kirk Cousins. We are going to find out a lot about Kirk Cousins. Because if he goes in and he has a bad year, there's nobody to blame but himself. Because Kirk Cousins, this is this is why I got so like heated over his initial press conference comments. He won. He won the offseason. He beat Mike Zimmer in a ladder match, basically. He grabbed the contract and Mike Zimmer had to leave town. And they brought in his buddy, Kevin O'Connell, who he worked with in Washington. They gave him all these shiny weapons. Everybody is there. And now it's a new scheme and everything. He's like, and he's, he's in there like, oh, I don't I don't know. It's not really different. I have to use flashcards now. And I, I don't I don't really know. Like <laughs> Be excited, the excuses man. are done, man. I don't care if the offensive line is still unsettled in the middle. Like, I don't care. This is it. This has to be it. Because if it's if it's not it, it's just never going to be it for Kirk Cousins. Yeah. I think people get annoyed with someone like Russell Wilson, who is like super happy-go-lucky, like rah-rah-rah kind of guy. But I think a lot of people would like to see that out of Kirk Cousins. And I don't think we're going to. That's just not the kind of guy he is. I think Kirk kind of feels like he's kind of being like cool, calm, and collected. Like nothing bothers him, but it just comes off as like you don't care about anything. Um, and you know that's you know maybe he does, maybe he doesn't, but that's just the way it comes off. And I feel like uh, I lost my train of thought. But you know, 
yeah, we got like they better win. Kevin O'Connell better win as many games as Mike Zimmer at least one last season, or else a lot of people are gonna have like some explaining to do on why you know everything was Mike Zimmer's fault. It's Mike Zimmer's fault. It's Mike Zimmer's fault. Uh, you know the offense finished last and and three and outs. I, I'm not really sure how much Mike Zimmer had to do with that because he was calling the defensive plays. Uh, but, but that's never brought up by, you know, a team employee or someone who works for the flagship radio station. That's never brought up. Um, but, yeah, they, all these people who were defending Zimmer at the end of the season, like, oh, they don't need to, need to fire him. You know, they need to just figure something else out, bring in a new offensive coordinator or something like that. And then, you know, he gets fired. and It's like a switch. Like, like they had like a brainstorming session like this. This is our plan. We're all just going gri- to we're all going to gang up on Zimmer. We know he's not going to talk back to us. You know, I'm starting to wonder if he signed an ND and like an NDA because he hasn't said anything. Um, and that that might just be his character as well because he's just he just doesn't care. He's like, I I don't care. I had a successful run. I don't need anyone to tell me that I did did or didn't. Um, he's probably enjoying life in his quiet ranch with his grandchildren. Um, but yeah, he hasn't said anything. Rick Spielman's gone on like every radio station television show facebook live show you can find um but zimmer Twitch. has has uh, yeah, zimmer, zimmer he's on tiktok uh zimmer hasn't said anything um and he will one day one day he will and i also think when he does speak he's gonna take the high road i don't think he's gonna be someone to be like you know if kirk made these throws or if Dalvin didn't fumble this, or if we played better defense, you know, I'd still be there. He's not not that kind of guy. He's just going to come out and be like, you know, we didn't get the job done. And then, then I was like, oh, I would have fired myself too. He'd probably say something like that, like, I would have fired me too. Um, so, yeah, I just it's just disappointing that because Zimmer's not there now, now he's the, the scapegoat. And I understand the team website or whatever is not going to blame someone who's still on the team. Because then they have to see them every day in the hallway, um, but it's just it's still hard to see someone who is the third winningest coach in in Vikings history just be like thrown in the trash like you did nothing for this franchise. I think in a couple of years we'll look back on the Zimmer and be like, yeah, this will be really good. I mean, th- this started as a conversation about Kirk Cousins and it just quickly transitioned into Mike Zimmer, but. Like I said, too, what does Zimmer have to gain if he comes out and just trashes the Vikings, you know? It's just like the guy wants to coach again. I mean, if if he lays low for a year, maybe next next season, you know, some teams are looking for maybe Jerry Jones is like Mike McCarthy, get out. Sean Payton doesn't want to do it. And Mike Zimmer is coaching the Dallas Cowboys. Who knows? I could see him being on Sean Payton's staff. Definitely. Definitely. For sure. For sure. Because Payton wants to come back. Yeah. So, so I mean, with Kirk, it, it it's just going to be a matter of you know what's it going to be, and we're not going to see him during preseason. Uh, Sean yeah. or Kevin O'Connell comes to the Sean McVay tree where you know they they put everybody in bubble wrap during the preseason, yeah. so uh, it's just something to tuck away for the regular season. Uh, behind Kirk Cousins is Sean Mannion and Kellen Mond. Mannion has taken backup reps in training camp ahead of Kellen Mond uh, in OTAs. So is Mond versus Mannion something we should watch? Or should we just accept that Mannion's the backup? I think Mannion's going to end up as the backup, but I still think it's going to be interesting to watch Mon and see if he makes any progression because, you know, he does have someone who 
probably cares a little bit more about his development with this coaching staff, you know, with the former quarterback and Kevin O'Connell and, you know, Wes Phillips and their new quarterbacks coach, who I believe was a quarterback at Texas A&M, just like Kellen Mond. Um, so he's got more people maybe pulling for him than he did with the, the last staff. Um, so I think it'll be more interesting to see if he can progress. So these, these preseason games will be interesting to watch him and see what he can do. Um, and it'll, and uh, it'll just be interesting to see if like if he ends up on the roster or if he ends up on the practice squad. I think I think he'll make the team. I don't think Kellen Mond's going to get cut this year, um, especially with, you know, I know the NFL's COVID protocol protocols are non-existent anymore, but if someone gets it, you know, they probably have to sit out. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Vikings kept three quarterbacks for that reason. Um, but yeah, I, I, I unfortunately, I think Sean Mannion is the number two just because of the his experience in the offense, um, his relationship with Kirk, his ability to um, brew really good coffee, um, and then uh, yeah, and then Kellen Mond will be the third guy. But uh, and what Nate St- is Nate Stanley still there? I think he's still there too, right? Yeah, he's still there. I got him. I looked on the roster this morning. He's still listed on the roster, which good right. for him, I guess. Right. I thought he got caught because of the whole seventh round pick. COVID thing. Seventh round pick out of Iowa. Menominee's own. Actually got uh, Patrick Peterson to buy a whole bunch oh, yeah, of football right. equipment for the, I don't think they're called the Indians anymore because they're trying to get rid of that. Know, but yeah. Um, yeah, Menominee got a whole bunch of football equipment for Patrick Peterson because he wanted the number seven. And Nate Stanley was like, here you go. Um, here's what I think about it. If, if the Vikings, like if Kirk Cousins goes down, they're just screwed. Oh, yeah. They're just screwed. No matter who it is, like Sean Manning, Kurt, uh, Kellen Mond, Nate Stanley, I don't know, McLeod, Bethel Thompson, whoever it is that they drag in there. I mean, Jimmy Garoppolo, Case Cookus. Um, they're they're screwed. Or oh, well, okay. Well, here's the thing with Jimmy Garoppolo. You you bring that up. If the Vikings were to get Jimmy Garoppolo, they would have to trade for him. They would have to give up assets, right? Uh-huh. How do they uh-huh. get that money under the salary cap as well? Uh-huh. So the only reason, the only way they would get Jimmy Garoppolo is if he's released. And I think that at this point, the Niners are just going to wait until somebody needs a quarterback. And like, why would you release him at this point? Bring him into camp, let him show that he's healthy. And then if somebody, you know, mismanages the field at Winter Park and your starting quarterback steps in a hole and his leg explodes. They're going back to Winter Park uh, this year? Yeah, well, well, I'm just saying, I'm metaphorically. (laughs) <laughs> is what I'm saying. Like some team, I don't know. The Bengals I mean, the, still practice under a yeah. highway. Maybe Joe Burrow will step in a hole and is like the Niners explode. might. Uh, Not that we want that. I love Joe Burrow. Not that yeah. we want that. No, but. no, no. The Niners might need him actually, though, because like they they're kind of still taking a gamble on Trey Lance because Lance didn't really look that good last year, and they're just kind of just like handing him the reins, and there's no guarantee that he does well, and so they kind of got Garoppolo as like this the safety net. I feel like still. And that whole thing is weird. Yeah. Like, there's reports that Lance has a dead arm, which is incredible because he had a bazooka in North Dakota State. Yeah. yeah, and he's 22 years old. So, I don't know. Trey Lance is probably one of the most interesting players in the yeah. NFL this season to see how that goes. Uh, let's shift our focus from the quarterbacks to the running backs, though. And we got to talk about Dalvin Cook. 1,159 yards, six touchdowns last season in 13 games. Mike Zimmer's gone, so his workload might go down. But Kevin O'Connell is there who could create a more efficient Dalvin Cook. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, I think it's going to be – I think 
Dalvin Cook's going to get the ball more maybe in space this year. It's not going to be the traditional just line up in the backfield, take the carry up the middle, and see what you can do. I think he's going to be put out in motion, line up out wide, line up in the slot, you know, maybe some more screens, maybe even some, you know, jet sweeps, things like that. Just just creative ways to get the ball in Delvin Cook's hands because when he gets the ball in space, he is extremely hard to bring down uh, in terms of, like, he can break tackles. He, he can just shake guys out of their shoes. Like, he just needs the ball in his hands, in space. And I feel like a lot of times in the Zimmer era, he was used too much, maybe like Adrian Peterson was, where you just give him the ball. He's a running back, so he should just be able to, like, bowl over guys in the middle of the offensive line and emerge with like five yards. But he's not that kind of guy. Like he's got he's got good speed. And uh I think Kevin O'Connell and his staff is gonna do hopefully do a better job of uh taking advantage of that speed that Devil Cook has. I agree with that. And I and I think that Mike Zimmer, no matter who it was last year, they just decided to hand the ball off in the same fashion, right up the middle. Like Alexander mm-hmm. Madison Probably more of a plotter, but I mean, it was just yeah. right up the middle, right up the middle, right up the middle. 491 yards, three touchdowns last season for Madison. Uh, 86 carries, 356 yards, 4.1 yards per carry, and two touchdowns in two starts last season. I, I just wonder with O'Connell's new scheme and getting guys in space, because what's really interesting for me, and I'm jumping around a little bit here, Kane Wangwu has speed to burn. One of his uh, yeah. mock draftable comps was Chris Johnson. Yeah. Not the same player, but I mean, yeah. I can see that speed. And Chris Johnson was better when you got him in space, when you had him running outside. Yeah. So, I mean, a player like Alexander Madison, do you think that he still fits in with what the Vikings want to do? Um, I think more of a, sh- he might become more maybe like a short yardage goal line type of back um, and maybe take some of that workload off of Dalvin. You know, fantasy owners aren't going to be happy with that because um, they'll take some touchdown opportunities away from from Cook. But I think that might be a better strategy to utilize Madison because he seems to be, you know, he's a bigger guy. He can take more of the, the brunt of the, the defense uh, than, than maybe Cook can. So I think maybe that might be a better idea, a better way to utilize Madison. Um, and I wouldn't, you know, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised if someone like Ty Chandler like overtakes Madison in the depth chart because he's he's a better fit for what maybe the Vikings want to do on offense than Madison is because you know Madison wasn't drafted by this regime he was drafted by the previous one so he probably you know he might not fit what they want to do um so you know I'm the jury's out for me on, on Madison I'm, I'm curious to see like how they use him uh next season and like you said we're not going to find out for a while I think the other thing, too, that will help this backfield is the illusion of complexity. Because yeah. we heard it a little bit in OTAs that Dalvin Cook was getting reps at receiver. Mm-hmm. And we talked about this a little bit. I wrote about it over at Zone Coverage. But, excuse me, Dalvin Cook, like, he he was only used really on runs up the middle and screens last year. Yep. If you have him out wide, I mean, you could run him on a route. You could have him in jet motion. You can have him all over the place. I mean, you could have multiple backs on the field if you wanted to. Like, imagine a package with Dalvin Cook and Kane Wangwu out there. Yeah. 
<laughs> oh, I hate this cold. It is the worst. It's like a hundred here. And oh, um, no. And you have yeah. a cold. D- did it did it actually mute? I hit the mute button on my mic. He did. I don't know. He did. Okay. He did mute. The people on the YouTube audience are probably like, is he okay? Is he is he <laughs> fine? I'm like struggling to find the button. But uh yeah, I mean like that that's it. I I mean Jonathan Taylor of the Colts, you think of right. him like the ultimate like up the middle between the mm-hmm. tackles explosive runner. He was used in jet motion by the Colts mm-hmm. last year. I mean that's just how the NFL works. So um I think that we're going to see less carries. I think we'll see more people involved and I think we'll see more explosive runs. So it was really boom or bust last year. And I think a lot of people pinned it on the offensive line, but I don't think the scheme was a fit for what they wanted to do. Yeah. So I agree. I, I agree. I think, but I, I do, I do think Ty Chandler is someone to watch because it's, it's someone from like the draft videos and whatever. It seemed like they're pretty high on him. Um, and he's, he's super fast too. So it'd be interesting to see like what they can do with him as well. Yeah. Fifth round pick on North Carolina. 1092 yards, 13 touchdowns in his super senior season with the car with the Tar Heels. They use another term. I like super senior better. It just makes them feel more bulked up. The, the old Texas is <laughs> the old Texas red shirt, you know, yeah, where they'd hold yeah. the back yeah. in kindergarten to like help out the football team. Yeah. Uh he's already 24 years old, though, so that's a knock. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh Bryant Kovac, UDFA out of Toledo. So no idea. Oh, good luck. Man, running backs are running backs are weird though because like you could be a six round guy and you could be really good. Like, yeah, you just yeah. it depends on the system. It really does. Absolutely. Um, and then you have CJ Ham, who he'll catch some checkdowns. He'll he'll do some cool. Have a couple of cool catches. Could they I use mean, him at tight end? I think they could. I I like really think sauce, they like could. I, I think. I don't think he's big enough to be like the Klein saucer role, but I. Yeah. I could see them using him as kind of like a smaller H back yep. because he can get, I mean, you think of the term fullback, like a guy that runs on the field with an ironing board yeah. in his Jersey and whatever yeah, neck roll, and like and neck roll and you know, yeah. eye black and stuff. But I mean, <laughs> he could catch, he could run, yeah. he could do a lot of things. I mean, don't pick him up in fantasy football. That's not no. what we're saying, but I mean, they could use him pretty damn creatively compared to what Mike Zimmer did. So yeah, I mean, I'm just because I'm just curious. I don't think there's, there's going to be. A, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of plays where they're in I formation anymore. Where like CJ Ham needs to be on the field to block. Like I think they're going to. They're either going to have to move on from him for the season or, or figure out some creative ways to use him. Um, so I know they've they've said that like he's going to be a focal part or or not focal, but like an important part of our offense. Um, I mean, I feel like they've said that about everybody. So I'm curious to see what they do with him. We move over to the wide receivers, and of course, the wide receiver one for the Vikings is Justin Jefferson. 108 uh, catches, yeah. 1,616 yards, 16 yards short of Randy Moss's single-season record last year. Thanks, Mike Zimmer. 10 touchdowns, and in an interview with Complex.com, Justin Jefferson said that Devontae Adams is the best receiver in the NFL right now, but that won't be the case after this year. As he said, I think I have to do it three years in a row for everyone to believe so. Some people don't think that after two years, you deserve to be at the top of the league. And then me, I feel like I'm going to surpass 1,600 yards too. So I think that I'll become the best receiver after this year. 
Do you believe that's going to be the case? I think he already is. Um, and you can say this is biased or whatever, but I think he already is the best receiver uh, in the league, and I think he's going to become even better with this coaching staff, with the with what they did with Cooper Cup last year. Um, they can do even more with Justin Jefferson because he's a much better deep threat than Cooper Cup is. Um, but he he has the same, you know, not the same, but similar route running ability, similar speed, similar quickness, um, you know, similar ability to get yards after the catch. So I think he is, and he's going to be even more uh, this year. I would I would wonder if he's going to get, you know, is he going to get two thousand receiving yards next year? That's what I would wonder. Um, and I think as far as the comparison to him and Devonta Adams, I think by Thanksgiving we'll probably know that answer. Because we'll see if Devonta Adams was more of a product of the system and Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, or is he, you know, someone who can just go in and like a DeAndre Hopkins and and play wherever and, and make plays. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I I like Jefferson's answer because I I don't think he just has his sights set on being the best receiver for a certain stretch of time. He wants to be one of the best of all time. Yeah. And I looked it up for another article on zone coverage, which dropped on Monday. And uh, Jerry Rice had a streak of 10 straight seasons during his career where he had over a thousand yards and double digit touchdowns. That includes, I believe, a pair of strike shortened seasons. So, I mean, that's impressive. Uh, Randy Moss, I believe, started his career with seven straight thousand yard seasons seven, for yeah. the Vikings. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, you know, Calvin Johnson. I mean, even he had a couple of hiccups in there. So Justin Jefferson wants to churn out consistent seasons, and I, I, I think he's onto something there. That's how you do that. I, he's another player that I think is going to benefit greatly from Kevin O'Connell's offense. Uh, I know a lot of people are saying the hashtag Cooper Cup role for Justin Jefferson, yeah. but um, I, they're going to find ways to get him the ball. And I, I know that Mike Zimmer and his staff were trying to get him the ball because it's just stupid to not try to get him the ball because he's – Justin Jefferson, but I think he's going to have an even bigger season, health willing. What was that game? What week was it after when Detroit. afterwards they were yeah, they were like, Oh, we gotta get Justin Jefferson the ball more. And it's like uh yeah. <laughs> was, was that so was that Detroit where they had the cover two shell and he had like when they, seven when he had like, in the first yeah, half? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they're like, Oh, they rolled a safety over, so we couldn't throw to him. It's like Oh, they're the first team to ever do that. Um and yeah, that that just shut that. That's the kryptonite for uh, Justin Jefferson. You roll a safety over, so there's you know there's nothing. There's no routes you can call. If there's a safety over there. Yeah, that was just that was. I think that was a uh, an eyebrow raising. That that could have been like an early sign of like okay, like this coaching staff isn't going to make it to next season um, because they don't even know that they need to get Justin Jefferson the ball, who's arguably the best receiver in the game. So that was a uh, something I forgot about and. I uh, will hopefully continue to forget about it. <laughs> or even like the Chargers game where Mike Zimmer was talking and he's like, I pulled Justin Jefferson in my office and I said, you better practice hard if we're going to throw you the ball this much. It's like, dude, it's Justin Jefferson. Like, why why are you practicing him hard in the first place? Yeah. You know, That's how Thielen gets hurt. <laughs> there we go. The plague's back. It's not COVID. Like I've tested negative. Like so, whatever. We're on Zoom anyway. I'm not going to get anyone sick. I've <laughs> no. basically been barricaded in my house all day. It sucks. 
Um, the rest, actually, let's go to the other one. This is actually a good one just to single out. Adam Thielen, 67 catches, 726 yards, 10 touchdowns. Uh, people know my feelings on Adam Thielen, but <laughs> I do realize he's he one of the best. Uh, I heard he's from Mankato. Uh, okay. Actually, Detroit Lakes, but. Yeah. 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 Um, 32 on August 22nd. Has not posted a thousand yard season since 2018, but he's got 24 touchdowns over the last two seasons. So, should we can be concerned about Adam Thielen because he's gotten hurt, or is he going to have a bounce back year again under Kevin O'Connell's system? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think I, I wouldn't pencil him in for a thousand yards receiving because I think they're just going to try and get a lot of people involved, and Irv Smith's back, and KJ Osborne's going to continue his development and maybe you'll get Dalvin cook the ball more as a receiver. So I think Thielen's targets are probably going to go down. Um, but maybe not. And he'll, I think he'll still be, you know, like fantasy wise, he'll be still be a good guy to pick up. Cause I still think he will be a good target in the red zone. Cause that's just something that he's figured out. Like, you know, I might not be as quick or as fast as I used to be, but once I get in the red zone, I can still get open and uh, Kirk trusts dealing with the ball in the red zone clearly. Cause he said, a bunch of his touchdowns have come in the red zone. I think he was the second highest graded receiver in the red zone by PFF last year. Um, so, and he's getting older. Um, so, because I've seen a lot of mock drafts for next year with the Vikings drafting a receiver, and everyone's like, Thielen's getting older. So, it's getting there. But I would say, I would say he's res- at with his contract the way it is. I would say that he's still probably got another two years where he's at least with the Vikings before he goes and either retires or, or plays for someone else. I know his wife is a Packers fan, so maybe he'll go over there. Um, probably not. Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually didn't know that. I don't know, but I, I actually, I don't even know if it's his wife. I think it's his, his wife's family or whatever. I think they're all Packers fans. Um, of course, people are going to probably get on me now because I know something about his wife's family. <laughs> I didn't say it. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I think he was really good when, when Stefan Diggs was with him, and I think he's really good with uh, Justin Jefferson out there with him um, by himself. You know, I'm not so sure if he's... I don't. I know he's not a number one guy anymore, and I think he knows that, and I think the Vikings know that, but I th- still think he's going to be an important part of the Vikings offense next season. I think he'll get double digit touchdowns health, health permitting. I think he drops mm-hmm. double digit touchdowns again. He, he just, he's an excellent route runner. That is yeah. his strength at this point of his career. And uh, like you said, Kirk cousins trusts him. He's going to look for him in those situations. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he got a thousand yards. I mean, yeah. health willing. Sure. Cause I, he was very effective on the field. If he doesn't have that nasty ankle injury against Detroit, he probably gets to a thousand yards. So I just think the Vikings um, have too many weapons for him to get a thousand yards. And I think Dalvin Cook's gonna take a lot of those uh not Dalvin Cook. Justin Jefferson's gonna get the majority of those yards. So I feel like it's gonna be spread out and then it's gonna be Justin Jefferson. But yeah, I at the same time, yeah, I agree. I probably wouldn't be surprised if he got a thousand yards, but just not something I expect, I guess. KJ Osborne is one of the rest of the receivers here. 50 catches, 655 yards, seven touchdowns. Uh, he could have a bigger year in this system as well and take away some of those yards. Amir Smith Marset 
He had five catches, 116 yards, and two touchdowns. Had a big game against the Bears in that meaningless season yep. finale. Yep. Currently dealing with a lower leg injury. Hopefully, he'll be ready for camp, is what they said. Uh, also, BC Johnson returning from a torn ACL. You got Jalen yep. Naylor, who is a six-round pick out of Michigan State. Albert Wilson signed as a free agent. And then uh, you got Blake Prohl, Myron Mitchell, Tristan Jackson, and Thomas Hennigan, who could be the Vikings putt returner. Uh, because he did that job very well at Appalachian State. Uh, those are your receivers for training camp. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, th- I think Hennigan runs a four nine forty, so I wouldn't be uh, oh. too excited about him being a punt returner. But I know he, I know he did a lot in college. But I looked at his numbers and I was like, mm, maybe not. Um, but I know they like Jalen Naylor. I know Keenan McCardle likes him a lot. Um, I think you know. Osborne's going to make some more steps in his development. I think Amir Smith Marset is going to be someone to watch if he can stay healthy. I think BC Johnson is going to be someone to watch um, because, you know, I feel like he, when he wasn't the number two guys, when he kind of shined, he was kind of in that KJ Osborne role where he was the third or fourth guy as a rookie. And then a little bit um, in his second season, I think he did better in that than he did when he was the number two guy. Um, so I'd be curious to see what he does. Other than that, like Albert Wilson, I don't. I think he's gonna. I don't know. Maybe compete for the punt returning job. Other than that, I, I don't know what he's gonna do. And other guys are just like practice squad guys, camp bodies, stuff like that. So I, I think, I think the wide receiver depth chart is pretty. Like the top of it's pretty clear. Um, it's just that maybe that last. It depends on how many receivers this regime wants to keep because. There were times that the Zimmer era where they kept like four receivers. Uh, yeah. So I don't think that's going to happen this year. Um, I would expect him at least five and good chance of six as well. So we'll see. I think they go six. I don't know who the back end ones are going to be. I would guess, you know, the locks are probably Jefferson. That's bold. Thielen, <laughs> uh, KJ Osborne and uh, Amir Smith, Marset. And then I don't know. Probably like I, I would say maybe the favorites are Baylor or uh Naylor and BC. I mean you know, like combine yeah. them. Yeah. Uh Jalen Baller. I I don't know. Um BC, BC yeah. <laughs> yeah. BC, do you love me? Uh tight ends. Irv Smith Jr. missed all yeah. last season with the torn yeah. meniscus. 66 catches, 676 yards, and seven touchdowns combined in his first two seasons. Uh, friendly reminder, he was taken ahead of A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, <laughs> You've never and Terry talked McLaurin. About I never talked about it at all. I just felt like people should know about that. He mm-hmm. will turn 24 on August 9th. He's in a contract year. Is this the year that Irv Smith Jr. finally breaks out? Mm. <laughs> I would love to say yes, but I don't know. I just don't know. Like, We'd love to we see keep, it. We, we, yeah, we keep hearing that he's going to we keep hearing about his potential he had a great camp last year and it was cut short and a lot of guys have had good training camps and then it means nothing in the season so i need to see like those first handful of games what his involvement is you know his health how because you know last year wasn't the first time he missed games like he missed games the season before i feel like he had a groin injury or something like that um but yeah i'm i'm I'm. I wouldn't bet any money on anything having to do with with Irv Smith. Like I want him to do well, 
I'm rooting for him, but I just don't know. Um, so the jury, the jury is out on Mr. Irv Smith Jr. Uh, for now. Yeah, I just don't know. I, I just right. don't know. It's not like when he was on the field, he was some game breaker that was just right. dominating. Like, again, is it the scheme or is it, you know, is it his talent? I mean, people think of him as this super athletic tight end, like David Njoku, um, you know, maybe not as the same level of Kyle Pitts, but that's what a lot of people yeah. think of Irv Smith Jr. as. And his testing was lower than Kyle Rudolph coming out. So, I mean, think think about that a little bit. And and Rudolph was a very physical, bigger tight end. But, I mean, they're they're different tight ends. I mean, I think he had a couple inches on him. So, I I mean, until I see it, until I see it in a regular season game, I'm not jumping on the bandwagon until I see Irv Smith soon. Now, if he comes out week one and week two and just lights the world on fire, let's go. Because I would be very excited to see see it. The only thing that would be kind of interesting is his contract situation. Because do the Vikings go ahead? Do they pay him? Do they, you know, let him walk? Like, where are they going to get the money from? Do they kick more money down the road? That that seems to be their thing. But I don't care. I don't care what he does. Next year, I wouldn't. I wouldn't bring him back. I. You can get a tight end in the draft. You can sign it. They did it this year. They signed a cheap tight end, free agency. Like, I think this regime, like more particularly, is going to be you know emphasizing you know where they spend their money. Where the last regime was just like, we need to get this guy because we need him, and we'll spend whatever amount of money we need. Like, not not thinking about like the value that they could maybe get in the draft or, or a cheaper version of them in, in the in free agency and tight end is unless you have like a Kittle or a Kelsey, like that's not, not a position you should be spending a lot of money on. So I really, unless he's an all pro, but I don't think that's going to happen because Justin Jefferson, Dalvin cook and Adam Thielen are all there. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't bring him back no matter, no matter what next year. And I, he could go out and do, do well. But that's just like, that's the risk you take. And the Vikings have more important things to worry about than money on a tight end. Yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be really interesting. A to see how he does, and B if he blows up, then what? Because a lot and of also, fans look, are going to be like, you, "See, look at him." You, but why you, would you pay a guy with one big season? Yeah, and you can also look at Tyler Sydney Conklin. Rice. They just let him go, and he had a mm-hmm. he had a really good year last year, yeah. and they were like. We want you back, but we're not going to pay you what you know the Jets are going to give you. So right, the rest of the group: Johnny Freaking <laughs> Munt, mm-hmm. who has like ten receptions in his career. Uh, Zach Davidson is back. I think they put him on the practice squad for a while. He also doubles as a punter, punter right? back uh, from his college days. So I mean, tight end doesn't work out. They could try that, or that'd be a sick like trick fake punt. <laughs> Just have Zach Ellison back there. Or Zach Davidson back there. Yeah. Uh, ben Elveson, who is one of us, he is back. And then seventh-round pick, Nick Muse from South Carolina, whose uh, Instagram header yeah, that picture. Uh, made, made the <laughs> too sexy Nick Muse. <laughs> I'll have to work on the nickname, but uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, the offensive line. This is probably the main event for everyone here. Yeah. I'm not going to spend too much time on Christian Derrisson, Brian O'Neill, because yeah. they're probably the they're safest fine. bets on the line, barring injury. 
Ezra Cleveland, same thing. I mean, not much to say here because he's adequate. That's what you want from your center. And then you have Garrett Bradbury, who still here, I guess. Uh, the Vikings declined Bradbury's fifth-year option this spring. <laughs> he is perennial, perennially towards the bottom of the league in PFF's offensive line grades. Uh, why is he here? Like, like, why is Kevin O'Connell right for giving him one more chance? Or like, what, um, why do you think he's here? I'm just starting to think that maybe in this this offensive scheme, that like centers don't matter. Like, like that like they're not going to run the ball up the middle a lot so they don't need to have a dominant center on their offensive line you know they just need someone who's maybe they just need someone who's able to hike the ball and not not fumble all the time which i don't think bradbury really did like his snaps i feel like have been fine to the cousins that's one area where he hasn't struggled i feel like um so maybe they just need that that's that's all i can really take away because you can't you cannot look at what bradbury I guess didn't do in his first three seasons with the Vikings and come away and be like, this is our guy. This is who we're sticking with, especially when they didn't pick up his fifth year option. That's like a clear, right. you know, sign that they're, they're not very high on him. So I just think like center must not be that important of a position in this offensive scheme. So we'll see. Yeah. I, I mean, Again, I, I think you mentioned it a little bit with tight end. This regime wants to spend its money on different areas. And, mm -hmm. I mean, you can't fix all of the holes on the roster in one offseason. No. Like, you got to kind of, okay. So, I mean, you know, they could sign J.C. Treader. He's still out there. Yeah. Um, something weird's going on there, and they still could. I, I mean, if Bradbury sucks and everybody else can't do the job, they might give J.C. Treader a call and go, you want to play for us? And then you have your guy, but um, I just think, you know, I, I just don't know. I, <laughs> like we keep saying it, but I mean, this is going to be so much fun this season to see what happens because mm -hmm. basically everybody got together and like, basically, you know, like the, like the wolves left, they were like the parents, right? You know, mm -hmm. you ever get home, left home alone yeah. when you're six yeah. years old yeah. and like your parents go and six like, oh, not when i was oh, six well i don't know nine or whatever <laughs> so like you, you you leave and then you know you're sitting there by yourself and like they come back and like uh -huh. the garbage is tipped over you've been playing astro crag with the couch cushions they're all over the place <laughs> the dog's like shredding you know he ripped into a pillow and like that's all over the place maybe there's a fire on the stove or whatever and then all of a sudden you just like point it so he did it it's it was my sister. It was it was my it was my brother. He did it. It wasn't me. Yeah. That's basically what happened with the players. The Wills went to New Jersey or Orlando to focus on their soccer team. And then they came back and the house was on fire. And mm -hmm. everybody's like, Mike Zimmer. Mike Zimmer did it. So so like Garrett Bradbury, we're gonna find out. Kirk Cousins, we're gonna find out. Irv Smith Jr., we're gonna find out. All these guys, we're going to find out. Especially with who's playing next to Garrett Bradbury. <laughs> As we welcome all of you, and I don't know the exact number on this, but I'm just going to guess the 10th annual Can He Play Guard yeah, right, Battle right, right. Royal. Yes. Do you, do you want me to do intros for uh, this guy? <laughs> I totally do it off the cuff. How much time we got? Uh, we, got an, we got an hour? We got another hour? Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> no, go ahead. In this corner, 
the reigning, defending, undisputed third round pick out of Ohio State. Yes, he's still alive. Wyatt <laughs> Davis. And in this corner, he was buried Haley alive last year from the Indianapolis Colts. His wife is from Rochester, so technically he's one of us, Chris Reed. I didn't know that. The next competitor. From the Miami Dolphins, where the entire city of Miami wanted to kill him, Jesse Davis, Ed Ingram, who I'm not going to get into his backstory. <laughs> and then the man, the moth, the myth, the legend. He once was a tackle. They moved him to guard, although they might move him back to cackle again because he was so bad. Oli Udo. And then we got Kyle Hitt. Yeah, I think I saw that I, pretty good. I, I, yeah, that was really good. I like the yeah. Ed Ingram part too. Um, yeah. I think I saw it was a podcast that that came across Twitter today. I think it was Sam Ekstrom and uh, and and Luke. Uh, what's his, what's his name? Oh, Luke Inman. Duh, I know that. Yeah. Sorry, Luke. Um, but they have a podcast on lockdown, and I think the headline was like, "If you have." five guards you have zero guards which is pretty much the case for the vikings at right guard like that couldn't be said more perfectly like they have a lot of guys competing for this one job but that's not good um i think ed ed ingram has a good chance um because he's what second round pick so he's mm -hmm. got a good chance to, to come in there and make an impact uh immediately i think chris reed is someone to keep an eye on uh, I think Ali Udo is staying at tackle. I think they're like, sorry, man. I, we're sorry for what this previous regime did to you. You are not a guard. You, <laughs> if you want to play offensive line, you need to play, need to play tackle. Um, and Hinton, I don't, I don't know on him. And who's the other guy? Who's I can't remember. the Dolphins guy? Kyle or uh, Jesse Davis? He got uh, two a yeah. kill. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. not, not feeling too hot about him. Not ideal. Um, so Chris Reed and Ed, Ing Ed Ingram, I feel like, oh, and Wyatt Davis. <sighs> I have no idea about Wyatt Davis, but people are just not thrilled about him. And it's, oh. it's mind boggling. Cause he was a two time all American at Ohio state. Like, was he just blocking no one or like what, what happened? Like, did he just like fall off the face of the earth when he got the NFL? Like, I, the rumors were that he came in out of shape or he was too heavy for, for the Vikings last year, but what happened? Um, so that's something to watch, too. Happy. <laughs> I, mean, that, that, I mean, it happens to a lot of players, doesn't it? You get, you I get mean, some money. Who was that guy yeah. from the Titans who was a first-round player? Isaiah Wilson. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, he uh, lost it real fast. Yeah, he didn't even – I don't even think he played, like, a game for them. No, I think he got released and signed by somebody else. Yeah, I, not quite Demetrius Underwood. Underwood like did one practice. He's like, yeah, I'm done, dude. Uh, did he but, even make it to training camp? I don't think he Demetrius did. Demetrius Underwood was there for like an afternoon, and then he left. Yeah, I know he was there for like mini camp, or whatever. But I don't, I don't think I didn't think he made. It to training Maybe camp. that was yeah. it. Like he showed up for mini camp. I think and was so. Like, nope. I don't think he made it to training camp. Yeah, that's a. Uh, ah, uh, that is wild. That's a whole podcast. You're looking back on that. Yeah. That could, it could be a rewind. Not that we'd have to watch anything. Just like talk about it. Like, remember when we took a guy that didn't even play for us? That'd be a, um, a, a six-part docuseries by the, the Athletic coming out. So let's... Oh, the luck one is That's so good, good though. Yeah. I've listened to the first two episodes. I got to... 
I gotta it's binge good. the rest here, but uh it's good. Oh, that's my yeah, last one last night. It's good. It's good stuff. Um let's finish on this note. So the Vikings finished twelfth in points and fourteenth in total offense last season. Will the Vikings improve on this? I think so. I think they'll be in the top ten scoring wise this year. I wouldn't put them in top five, but I'll put them in, in top ten. I think they're just going to be more efficient uh, than they were last year. Uh, they 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 have to be. They're going to have a more modern, you know, scheme. They're going to do things that are supposed to make it easier for them to to make plays. They're going to try and put their players in better positions, um, and they have the weapons to do it. You know, depending on health, I think you know they are capable. I mentioned it either last episode or the episode before, where you know. With the guys they have, they have similar talents to the 99 Rams that turned into the greatest show on turf. I'm not saying the Vikings are about to be that, but they have similar, you know, players with similar skill sets um, to that team. So top 10, at least, I would say top five is the is the ceiling. But I, I, I would be surprised if they didn't end up as a top 10 scoring offense next year. Yards, I do not care. Sorry, Ben Lieber. I do not care about yeah. total yards. Don't care about those. <laughs> get some points on the board. That's that's really all I want to see. I want to see this offense get into the end zone repeatedly, mm-hmm. not kick you know, field goals from the three or do stupid have three stuff and outs. like that. Yeah, not, not three and outs. Like, that's something else. And you know, Bleaver also went on to trash the defense in that podcast, which uh, they weren't doing that when they were getting free rankings at the Zimmer Ranch. But hey, what do I know? <laughs> um, the offense needs to be the strength of this team, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're going to compete like they think they are in 2022, they have to lean into the offense. And they did a good job with their head coach, with uh, Kevin O'Connell. I think he's going to be the guy that gets the most out of this offense. It's just a matter on the players, man. Because, like I said, it, it's like, Blaming the dog for eating your homework, like keep the keep keep the foot on the gas too. Like, yes. if you're up if you're up twenty points, go up thirty, go up forty. Like, don't don't do the the Thursday night against the Steelers when you're up you know twenty five points. You almost lose at the end because you're you know just trying to run the clock out for two quarters. Keep your foot on the gas. That's that's something else I want to see. Like, just don't play conservative. Just Beat a team, like steal a team's soul, like make them feel terrible. Shang Song. Like, like, like after they off, the, let, let them go in the locker room and be like, wow, these Vikings just like tore us apart. Do it. Just do it. Kevin O'Connell on the other sideline. Your soul is mine. Yeah, like, go ahead. Just steal the soul out of he it. Seem, God, he that- seems like a nice guy, but once, you know, he gets that headset on everything, he's just, he's, He's ready for battle. He's ready for, you know, for he's coming for blood. The Mortal Kombat theme could come in handy week one because you got like, <laughs> you got Aaron yeah. Rodgers who thinks yeah. like he's like some cosmic otherworldly being. And then Sammy Watkins thinks he's the Lizard King. And like, there you have a guy named Lazard. Yeah. It's like, I don't got, know. What's the, what's the running back's name? AJ Taylor. Oh my God, he murdered a guy that? this weekend. Yeah, he that? murdered yeah. that poor intern. Oh my God, he's just probably just like, oh yeah, I get to play this game with AJ. Yeah. No, I'm dead. I'm, I'm in a I coma. Died. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yep. 
Well, that, on that note, uh, thoughts and prayers go out to the Kenosha Bullfrogs uh, mascot <laughs> there. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, this is the Viking Age podcast, the official aid podcast of thevikingage.com. Friendly reminder, we do this every Monday and Thursday night at 6.15 p.m. Central Time right here on the Viking Age YouTube channel. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the channel. Give us some good reviews. That way we can get in front of more eyeballs. If you missed the show, don't worry. We got you covered because we are in podcast form the next day on Apple and Spotify. My name is Chris Ed. And he is Adam Patrick. And that is all the time we have. We'll join you next time on Thursday night to preview the defense on the Viking Age Podcast.